0: This morning, I have with me Matt Gunis, who is the uh, corresponding author for an Editor's Choice article. The title of the manuscript is Aneurysm Permeability Following Coil Embolization, Packing Density, and Coil Distribution. And with Matt, today he has a couple members of his team as well, Ruby Chu and Sweeney Badantham. And so welcome, guys, and congratulations on this great work that you guys have been doing.
1: Thank you very much, Rob, for the honor and the opportunity.
0: Hey, so Matt, can you just tell me a little bit about the design of the study and summarize the results for me?
1: Yeah, I'll kick it off in terms of what was the clinical impetus for doing a study like this. And I think, you know, as you travel around you talk with people and their specific experiences, there's some folks who believe that remodeling the neck is very important when coiling an aneurysm in order to prevent recanalization ultimately or coil compaction. Others say you have to pack it very tightly, and there was some great work by the Tilburg group in the early 2000s, showing the clinical implications of packing density as a single number. We thought it was a little bit more complicated, we've always kind of wanted to measure permeability. So maybe I can pass it off to Ruby, who can tell you a little bit about that permeability measurement and the different things that we looked at as we designed the study. And uh, Srini would like to talk about lacunarity, which was really an important parameter for us to study.
2: Yes, so in this study, aneurysm coiling was conducted in a patient-specific A1 aneurysm model. To calculate the packing density, the number, size, and type of coils used in each case were recorded. The packing density was determined by dividing the coil mass by the total volume of the aneurysm. And the aneurysm volume was calculated by measuring the volume of water needed to fill the aneurysm sac. For a permeability assessment, the coiled aneurysm was connected to the flow loop filled with the frozen microsphere solution. It should be addressed that our aneurysm model included a channel emanating from the aneurysm dome. And this channel was open for microsphere collection during the permeability test. The ability of the microsphere to pass through the coil mass was used as an indication of coil permeability. After the permeability test, the coiled aneurysm was embedded and sectioned for uniformity measurement. So maybe Dr. Van can help us to understand how the uniformity was measured.
3: Thank you, Ruby, and thank you, Dr. Ta. About the uniformity measure, we looked at various metrics, and we decided on lacunarity, because it's one metric that captures two features. One, it tells you about the size of the gaps between the coil and the size distribution. Second, it tells you whether these sizes are uniformly distributed. So it captures both factors. That is basically the uniformity of distribution as well as the size of these gaps. And that was one of the reasons for picking this metric. There are other metrics that can be done, but this was one reason. The second is we want the study to be repeatable by pretty much all researchers, and also people from the industry. So we said, well, it should be a tool that's available to the general public. So this tool is available through as a plug for ImageJ, which is from the NIH. So mm-hmm. that was a second reason that we said, well, we would go with this metric. Just to add a little bit about what this lacunarity measure means, if you could think about a chess board, we have an 8 by 8 array of squares, black and white, and if it's on an 8 cm by 8 cm sheet of boat, then each square is 1 cm on the side. And the fill fraction is 50% black and 50% white. And it's uniformly distributed. Now, if you take those each one of these squares and divide them by half so and make them into a 16 by 16 array, while keeping still the same dimension of the boat, the 8 by 8 cm, the fill fraction will still be half, 50%. Mm-hmm. But the lacunarity measure will go down because now it's a little bit more uniform, and the uniformity still stays the same. It's the alternating patterns of the same area, but the area size is smaller. So that's to give a general perspective of what this metric does. It captures both the gap size as well as whether it's uniform.
0: Okay. So then when you ran the experiments, what did you find the effect of the uniformity in packing density add on the permeability?
3: So from the permeability measures for fluid microspheres that uh, Ruby just explained, and also the packing density that we got for these, each aneurysm, and from the three sections from each aneurysm, the neck and the two dome sections, we mm-hmm. got the measures for what is the surface area fraction, that is, what area is white and what area is black, what area is occupied by uh, the coils. Second thing we looked at is the lacunarity measure, and using these two measures, we tried to see what statistical model would best fit our observations. And we looked okay. at five different models. One is basically saying that the aneurysm permeability is solely dependent on packing density. We also used two different coil types. So we the mm-hmm. first one was a simple model saying, irrespective of coil type, it's only dependent on packing density. The next model said, well... The coil types may have an impact. Let's add that to the model. So there's two factors in there, both the coil type and the packing density. The Mm -hmm. third model looked at these two factors plus four additional factors, which is basically the surface area fraction of the dome, the surface area fraction of the neck, the lacunarity measure from the dome, and the lacunarity measure from the neck. And then to look at the question whether dome or dome versus neck Uh, We also added two more models where we had either the dome sections, the surface area fraction of the dome, the lacunarity from the dome, or the same measures from the neck sections. And an interesting observation was that the permeability data best fit to the model that included the coil type, the packing density, the surface area fraction of the dome, and the lacunarity of the dome.
0: So the neck uniformity did not really affect the model.
3: Well, in terms of the permeability that we measured, yeah, the data is the best fit as to the data if you take into account just the dome section.
1: It basically means pack it well, but not just Mm -hmm. with a high number for the packing density. Packing it well means to have the coils distributed evenly throughout uh, the entire aneurysm dome.
0: Right. And Ruby mentioned having the ability of other investigators or industry to use a similar type of model. Right now, in the clinical setting, packing density can be calculated, but uniformity is a little bit more difficult to understand, I think, clinically. I mean, but I'm not sure that we have an objective model. I mean, do you foresee this being possible in the future to develop something where you can assess uniformity in in a real-time clinical setting?
1: Yeah, as you know, I mean, I think once you get past the third coil you have so much platinum and it's so dense it attenuates so Mm -hmm. much of uh, photons that you can't really see anymore i think that you know, using standard techniques where you could do a negative mask and look at where coils are being distributed, um, but that's suboptimal. Uh, that's really, like you said, it's qualitative. And Shrinis uh, has been working on this actually for a long time. Techniques to basically do three dimensional imaging of coil masses and to try to solve the problem of the photon starvation, which is a lack of information. Do reconstructions where you could potentially look to see if there's contrast inside of a packed coil mass, or you can even look at the distribution of the coils within the aneurysm. I don't know, Srini, if you have anything to add to that.
3: Yeah, that's a pretty good summary. So it's uh, looking at it in two ways. I mean, one is to say that if you have an approximate idea of where the aneurysm is located and everything which you do, then can we look at instead of doing just a circular can to acquire the 3D cone beam data set, whether we can do alternate trajectories to see wh- where we can get some views where which the photons actually transmit through. And from based on that can we estimate. So that's one part that is going on. It's still early work on that. Mm-hmm. The other approach is probably looking at much higher energy. I mean, but that's a little too far off in terms of clinical equipment and everything going in. Mm-hmm. So these are generally kind of the two approaches which we are looking at. So there are probably other approaches which we still haven't investigated yet, so I'm a little cautious in looking at them for now.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds great. And, I mean, do you foresee design of your study being used by industry, you know, in the process of designing new coils?
2: The reproducible in vitro setup uh, proposed in this study is actually capable of providing objective assessment of various coil properties. Therefore, we think it should be and it could be used to assess new technologies or
0: new coil devices. Yeah, and I just have one other question just regarding, again, the applicability of some of the results of your study to the clinical realm. So how do you think that permeability fits into the whole gamut of different factors that affect aneurysm regrowth? You know, it's such a multifactorial topic as far as what affects aneurysm regrowth. Is this just one small component or do you think it's a huge component? What do you
1: guys feel about that? That's a fantastic question. I do think the goal of coil embolization is to promote organization of thrombus, which then creates a fibrotic scar uh, downstream and permanently excludes the aneurysm from the circulation. It's a bit of a race. You create a construct inside the aneurysm And that scar is very strong tissue, but you got to get there first before the coils compact. So I do think having a high packing density with a uniform distribution of the coils can help accelerate that process to get you there to win the race. Uh, But you asked specifically about aneurysm regrowth, and I'll be honest with you, if I even pretended I have an answer, I'd be lying. That's a really perplexing problem. It's, as you said, multifactorial, and I think the fundamental issue is that we don't understand aneurysm pathogenesis to begin with. We don't fully Mm -hmm. understand why aneurysms initiate and then grow. And it's something that we've been studying extensively, but we just don't have the answer yet. And I think you've all seen that, you know, coiled an aneurysm very well and it comes back. And that coil mass looks very much like it did originally, but the aneurysm is clearly growing. We don't have an answer for that. We don't really understand it. And I don't know if the results of this study actually can help regarding that particular problem. I do think, however, coil compaction is something that we're targeting, that's something that's a little bit better understood. And I think mm-hmm. that's also a lot of cases too. I have a disclaimer, Rob. Uh, this okay. permeability is a model system. So basically what we're looking at is the resistance Uh, that the coil mass imposes on fluid flow that's driven by a pressure gradient. And that's a really Mm -hmm. important departure from what's happening physiologically. You know, physiologically, hopefully there isn't a pressure gradient. If there's a pressure gradient from the parent artery through the aneurysm, that means the aneurysm is ruptured and leaking into the brain. Uh, Mm -hmm. Flow goes into an aneurysm not because of a pressure gradient, but because of a momentum transfer. So our model it does apply a pressure gradient to measure the permeability so it is a departure from physiology and I you know I think the next step is to further improve our techniques to come up with new ways to do something more physiological because I think our results show that what's happening at the neck is not that important however if you change okay. the flow regime that could become more important so that is something that's good for the readership to understand no experiment is perfect and that's certainly the limitation of this experiment.
0: Great. Yeah, I mean, I think we need smart and young people like you guys to work some of that stuff out. Guys, I really want to thank you for talking with me this morning, and I really congratulate you on the excellent work.